Mech Football Pod. The whole gang's here. Caleb, Justin, what's up, guys? Hey. What's what's going on? Not a whole lot, man. Uh, it is a week after Mech Football Media Day. I went. It was kind of fun. Uh, actually, it was very cool. I haven't listened to it yet, but one of the gifts that they gave us was like a uh, a vinyl music record and like a like a I don't know Mac uh, and I don't know kind of like it was a stupid little art on there it had, like it had like the album title All Eyes On which you know is like going to be start to like be like a Tupac reference right but it's like the prize and I was like oh come on All Eyes On Mac like come on like All Eyes On Mac like it was right there man All Eyes On Me and then like the lettering of it for like kickoff to Maction the font of it was Iron Maiden style. <laughs> That's pretty sick. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Play on Tupac album title with the text of Iron Maiden. Yeah, that was kind of neat. Um, yeah, it was pretty neat. You know, got to meet a lot of people. Uh, as me and Caleb have you know talked about it before, Mac Media, you know, moment essentially. Uh, guys, any questions? Any notes? Anything that you kind of observed from there? Uh, I know you guys didn't go in attendance, but was there anything that you had? I uh, wanted to talk about because of it. No, but I mean, other other than what you put in your Ipsy 11 newsletter, I thought it was cool that they honored uh, Coach Reed at Eastern Michigan mm-hmm. and talked about him. And otherwise, just like to, to actually take a step back and and look at something that's happened in the past and what means a lot to the players. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, like uh, if, if you haven't read that, uh, one, absolutely read my newsletter, too. Uh, Fred Reed, one of the assistant coaches at Eastern Michigan, was with the program for about seven years. He's about 54 years old, I believe. Uh, he actually has a son uh, and another child who will both be freshmen at Eastern Michigan, but his son Amari is going to be a uh, walk-on freshman for the football team. So it's going to be kind of neat, you know, very surreal moment for all of them, but um, it'll be nice to keep his family around. But anyways, they honored Reed um, by – he died in May uh, unexpectedly. And they put like a plaque in like the coach's room and like kind of named it after him. So uh, they see him every day. They honor him, and you know they keep the love alive by obviously keeping the family around in the program for uh, much longer. So that's kind of cool of them. Um, all right. So what I have here, what I have in front of us, because we have a hard out in about thirty minutes. What I have here, I built a wheel. Uh, there are hot takes. There are questions. There's uh, what's your expectation level on this guy or this position group? Um, there's just a lot of random stuff on here because there's just so much that like we can go around and bounce around to. We have no idea what order we want to get to. So I was like, you know what? The Internet's wheel of fate is just going to uh, tell us what to talk about. How do you guys feel about this? Also, going in, you guys have no idea what's on this wheel, really. I mean, you can read it right now, but you didn't know before we started hitting record on this thing. Yeah, no idea. I'm excited, though. It looks like actually good discussion topic, so this should be good. The suspense is killing me. Ooh, here's a good question. I don't really like the music on this thing, but I don't really know how to change it. (laughs) And I'm like, ah, uh, you know, hopefully there's like no copyright (laughs) issues that come up. I'd rather have the Kahoot music. Uh, you know what? I'll I'll figure that out. But anyways, I posed a question here. Can NIU still go to Detroit this year, even if it loses to Central Michigan? Uh, Central Michigan is usually like the kryptonite 
when it comes to NIU's schedule, even though like Toledo's like the hyped up rival and all this. Uh, it's usually Central Michigan that's like the hardest roadblock for NIU to get through for some reason. Uh, last year, it was only a like one-point game. They had to come back from behind really late. Um, had to win the second half to beat Central. Central, this time, is going to DeKalb, Illinois for the game. Uh, but, you know, I thought NIU, I think they have a chance to go undefeated in the MAC, especially in regular season. But are they able to slip up to Central Michigan and still find their way into Detroit this year, guys? Um. I mean, yeah, because they, they just have that devil magic that allows them to just lose weird games all the time and win. But I think um, – got to give the take. I think no, because I am on the record saying that I think CMU is probably the best team in the MAC West if it all comes together. So I don't think they can lose that game and go because then I think it'll be CMU. And I use coming out of a bye week there too. So like I think that'll be more or less for the MAC West title plus – and I just got a pretty tough crossover game at the end of the year against Miami, I think either the week after or two weeks after that. Um, so I, I think it'll be tough for them. Yeah. They go at, they go at Western after the central game and then Miami. And if Miami's as good as a lot of us think they are, I, I think they're going to have a hard time getting the wins they need. I feel like I should read NIU schedule after four non-conference games at ball state versus Toledo at EMU at Ohio then weeknight action, like about 10 days later, uh, home to Central at Western, home to Miami, home to Akron. I think if the, if the question is, can they do it? Are they capable? Yeah. I think the most likely result is probably like CMU wins a tiebreaker at like six and two. If NA or if CMU, it does beat Northern. <laughs> and in that case, like, so it's, it's probably going to be Central, but like, they have very little room, obviously, to slip up. If they lose to Central, they can't really lose to anybody else. Yeah, is my thinking at least. Yeah, which uh, yeah, ultimately what it's going to have to come down to is Central's going to have to, you know, lose a good game in the West, but also lose a game it really shouldn't in the West. So that means like losing to Eastern or losing to a Ball State, uh, essentially, is what that would come down to. And it sounds like even before we even get to the next spin, I think. I know it's spinning already, but I think Justin and I are both on board that Central Central's our favorite in the West. Agreed. And it's not it's not a bit either, as much as I wish it was. Yeah, I wish it were. Uh, but here's not a bit. Um, Sean Tyler, he's really, really a good running back. What is our expectation level um, of him this year? I mean, Western usually turns out really good run back, running backs repeatedly. But of the ones that have come out since... Essentially, uh, like Jamari Bogan or Levante Bellamy, uh, Sean Tyler has been my favorite so far. Uh, what is your guys' kind of expectation level um, of him? I'll, I'll, I'll say I'll say one more thing. If Western leans into the run game a lot more with Tyler, I think they'll be way more productive in just like feeding him the ball in creative ways than they would just uh, trying to like roll the dice with RPO plays more often. They're gonna have to um, replacing. Um, like replacing Ellaby and Sky Moore. It's like, I think this is, you're going to see a lot of like, I think it was Western's first year where they basically didn't have a quarterback who could throw. Mm-hmm. And they, I think they were like some games, 70, 30 run, even in good weather. Uh, so I think what you alluded to is they're going to get him the ball in all sorts of creative ways and just be like, this is going to be our offense. They sort of did that with Levante Bellamy a little bit. Um, but he's, 
he will have no shortage of touches. So the short answer on what the expectation is for him, I know in Kalamazoo, it's like he needs to be or should be one of the best running backs in the MAC, if not the best, depending on what Lou Nichols does up north. I will say, like I'm, I'm just taking a quick peek at uh, at Tyler's stats. They he actually never carried the ball more than 17 times, and I know they tend to to manage their backs in a way that allows a lot of carries for multiple backs. I I'll be honest and say I don't remember what their running back situation is outside of Tyler because Tyler's just you know so good and you're the focus is on him as a back. So I guess in terms of an expectation level, I think he's probably the second best back in the MAC. And you know if they really wanted to lean on him a little bit heavier after losing some of the guys they lost in the past game, then I don't think anybody's going to blame him in that respect. So, you know, he, had, he most games he was in that 14, 15 carry range. I wouldn't be surprised if he's getting 19, 20 this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think RB two in the Mac, I think that's a fair ceiling to actually put him at like talent wise. I, I really do like, and that's to say if like, you know, there's a lot of really good running backs in the Mac, you know, that's not to say like anything bad about anybody else. Like he is, you know, of that tier where he's like not quite Lou Nichols awesome, but like he's still very, very dynamic and very threatening. Um, yeah, over a thousand yards last year. Uh, nine touchdowns scored, six and a half yards per carry, which is pretty standard for him. Was five point seven as a freshman, six point six uh, last year in twenty twenty, or the year before in twenty twenty, I should say. Spinning. <laughs> Oh, oh man, that was like right on the edge of like two of them. You know, NIU's defense like is it's it's just super important to the West. Like that is very very integral to like just how it just muddies things up for everybody else and has just had a decade of dominance. Uh, last year, it looks like they are ready to just restart this resurgence of dominance now after it won the West with a bunch of freshmen. Um, you know, the offense gets a lot of attention because of the coach loves the run game, but you don't love the run game if you don't have a pounding defense. Uh, and I think the defense, man, there's a lot to be excited for with this defense. What's your guys' expect, expectation level for NIU's defense this year? So with NIU, we look at it back at the beginning of last year, and even in winning games, it was like, oh, man, their defense is going to be the the, the, the the reason that they can't take it to the next level. It's kind of like what I was thinking. Um, and then you see those young players grow into those roles. They've got young key players at leadership spots who are already leaders. You think uh, James Hester on the defensive line. You think C.J. Brown in the secondary might potentially be two of the better players in the conference. Uh, looking back at last season's like leaderships or like leading statistics leaders, they weren't really, uh, you know, they weren't dominant in any way and they're, they're definitely going to be better. So, I mean, they lose guys, but like when you have that many good players who are definitely stepping into roles where they're expected to be even better, uh, it, 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 there's a reason to be excited if you're a fan. So looking at like back of the defense, I mean, Miami had the best in terms of like rush yards per game allowed, for example, and NIU was allowing 200 yards on the ground per game in conference. You wouldn't think that because you don't think the MAC title winning team is is allowing 200 yards a game on the ground and still winning like they are. That's actually a good reason why I think people should expect NIU to be better in a lot of ways. Because, look, they had glaring issues early in the MAC schedule, schedule and they got over them. 
if they're just consistently better, then the defense has definitely has, uh, the opportunity to be among the top like four defenses in the MAC. And if they're that, and they control the run game like they do, then that's just another recipe for another, you know, rampage through the MAC. Is Kyle is Kyle Pugh a, like a player coach at this point? Does the NCAA allow that? Uh, I, I actually think he uh, is a TA. <laughs> I didn't. Oh my goodness! Him and um, Brandon Martin are back for their seventeenth years. No, it's, I don't even remember. I thought I saw that Kyle, Kyle Pugh is back again one more time. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's freaking absurd. You should just never leave. Just like keep showing up for fall camp and just like get on the field. Like, is anyone paying attention really? Like, no one's gonna know. Why am I writing the coaches' checks? Like, why am I signing this? <laughs> do I just have that, do I just have like that kind of seniorship, like senior leadership role now? Um, one thing I'm the athletic director before one. <laughs> uh, one thing I got to put about NIU, and I think I said it last episode, but I'll, I'll restate it here. Like. The thing about NIU last year, like, they might not have, like, overwhelmingly, like, performed, like, in the sacks or TFL category. They might not have gotten, like, all interceptions or whatever. Um, but they have always, like, stepped up in moments in games. And they have always, uh, I mean, minus the Michigan game, really. But, like, they've really kept a lot of games in front of them. And they've really buckled down in opportunities when, I had, when they had to. Like, the road win at Central Michigan by one that I kind of referenced earlier they were down by, like, two scores in, like, the first half. Or uh, in the second half when they were surging back. Uh, they had to buckle down on the road in the first game of the year at Georgia Tech in an upset that nobody really saw coming, which I guess you can't really call it, a, you know, an upset. But, you know, you know it is what it is. Um, they've, they've played a lot of good games. Like, they might get gassed. They might get gassed every once in a while by, like, teams with really good receivers like Kent State. But even then, they were able to turn it around the second time around and, like, really just nullify their offense, right? Uh, Western Michigan, like, they only played a bunch of two, so I, that Western game I'm just going to, like, totally throw out. Um, I don't know, man. I, I like that at least it's it's hard to, like, expect a lot um, in a very physically demanding sport of, like, these teenage kids, but, like, their attitudes really show on film. Like, they def- they would not have, you know, gone back to Detroit or made it back to Detroit at that level if they would have like given up, you know, mid game when a lot of games like had given them opportunities to give up. Right. So I don't know. I, I'm expecting if NIU doesn't like, isn't like the, like the team with like all the sacks or all the uh, tackles for loss or isn't the one that's getting all the turnovers. I still think they're just going to like be up for those West battles and actually just like play their asses off in the hardest moments. They, I mean, the, it's it's so crazy how specific NIU like specifically was good in high leverage moments without getting like necessarily like recording sacks or recording inter- interceptions like you know they got the ball to the ground somebody somebody didn't get the first down some way you're making a play because they uh, they had one interception in Mac play they had let's see nine sacks in Mac play they're not creating huge tackles for loss as you said they're not doing this like sports center highlight top 10 play in the biggest moment they're just making a play and living to see the next down and that's the entire character of that group from last year so if they start turning 
turnovers uh, and putting teams in bad spots with the type of athleticism they have, then like, holy crap. Spin in and spin in and spin in. I, didn't, I have to unmute myself, don't I? I'm not going to give this one a uh, pretty intro. Uh, I'm just going to say, what's your expectation level on Ball State head coach Mike New? Um, probably pretty – he's got a nice little – he's sitting in a nice spot this year, right? Because remember we used to talk about him being on the hot seat, then he went and won a MAC title in the pandemic year, and then, like, now I – I, I guess you're, like – Safe for the next 10 years, shit. Yeah, like he's due a clunker of a year, right? Like I don't yeah. think he could like bottom out. But because if they, because if they Ball State is one of those schools that we see like not being able to have a dynasty. It's one of those schools that can only win in cycles, just given the climate of everything. Mm-hmm. And they, I don't know, like I think everyone, they, they have a lot of roster turnover. Like I think everyone expected it to be better last year. Um, with everybody coming back and then now all those people are gone and they're kind of like hitting reset. So he's probably got another, another like recruiting cycle to take another run at it. Um, so I have to imagine like the expectation level relative to like whether he goes on the hot seat or not is probably, you know, pretty cool. Yeah. I mean like the bottom hasn't fallen out. Like that's always what I just go back to. Like not a lot of guys are just transferring out. There's not, it doesn't seem like he's running a toxic program, which is like, they're much starting e- in a much, much easier to find in college than, football than yeah. it is to have Mike News. Caleb, how do you feel about Mike New? What's your expectation level on him? Everybody who listened to the last episode knows I'm pretty high on Mike New. And Alex has been higher on Mike New for a while. But I, I actually think Ball State is situated in a way for them to maximize like what they've got. Like I know... I, I did a really good job of a really poor job of explaining this in the last episode. Uh, I actually do have uh, Ball State going to like second or third, kind of like in that that leeway range in the MAC West. I think they're going to be better than Western, Eastern, and Toledo. And I just think it's the it's the foundation of the program that allows them to be in that spot. I think they're going to be a strong uh, run identified team, and I wouldn't <clears> be surprised if they kind of make a leap to being maybe in that top tier of the Mac in terms of just run game stuff. And it'll be a little bit of a, it'll be a little of a mix up from where teams have seen them in the past, I would think, but you know, they still got really good skill position players back. Uh, and I don't know. I just, I think that because of the way new coaches, the bottom won't fall out like Alex said. So as long as the bottom won't fall out, Mike news got his place in this conference and they're probably staying out of the cellar, even when they're completely rebuilding the, the uh the thing they're not having to rebuild from the bottom so i think there's probably not going to be any time in his tenure where they're at the at the bottom of the mac west unless it's like one of those shit shows where they're all like four and four and they're just like tied for the worst yeah like um nah you know i was gonna go with an analogy but you know i'm just gonna throw that guy away whatever uh yeah all right we're just gonna move on next wheel next spin. dump it dump it say something stupid Gonna say something stupid. Coward. Oh man! All right, we have a 
we have a lot of quarterbacks that like we kind of kind of haven't talked about. Caleb, you and I talked a little bit about um, some first-time starting quarterbacks this year. Last week, Justin, you weren't with us, and you're one of the, you you represent one of the schools where we did have to talk about this with uh, with your new quarterback. So, first-time quarterbacks that have been like brewing in this system. What do you kind of expect from them? So, I'm talking about uh, Western's Jack Salapek. I'm talking about Ball State's John Paddock. Talking about Kent State's um, Colin Schley. Is there anybody else that I'm missing right now? No. I guess who are we looking at for Akron? Uh, DJ Irons. He returns. DJ Irons. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Mm. So of those, like, where, like, how do you feel like these guys are going to perform? Like, who do you think is going to of those three is going to have like, a good season? Or not. I think uh, whoever gets the lion's share of the snaps at Western and Kent State are going to end up having better years than you think. Um, I think my hottest take is that whoever's under center for Western for the entirety of the year is could put up like third team, fourth team all Mac type numbers. That's wild to me. I don't think that it'll depend on what everybody else does, right? It'll depend on how good Daniel Richardson actually is and things like that, right? So it'll be, you know, whether he's selected uh for that type of honor at the end of the season is you know more subjective than anything but it won't be that far off like i think in that system there's not much of a reason to think that they're just going to be terrible like john wasink came in during tim lester's uh tenure and had like a really really good year uh so something like that they're gonna like i said they're gonna run the ball like i said earlier they'll run the ball a little bit more because that's where the talent lies but i just in that RPO heavy scheme, like they're going to find gaps. They're going to hit for big plays and they're going to rack up a lot of yards. Jack Salpeck's been along for the ride for a while. Uh, And Marion, Marion Rabowski played quite a bit in that bowl game. Um, And he'll be kind of like a big, big quarterback to take some of the pressure off and uh, hit for some short yardage or maybe break some big plays there as well. Uh, So I think a lot of the playbook's going to be open up for him. I think he's going to do well. So, Grabowski, is he in a position where he probably leaps, uh, oh gosh, Salopec? Or, like, do you think that he's got the tool set that he's jumping into that role, probably? From what I've read, it sounds like it's Salopec's year, um, unless he gains. But, I mean, Grabowski got a lot of play, like I said, in that bowl game. Um, And so, yeah, it seems like he's going to be sort of a change of pace quarterback, but... Um, I don't know. They've got they've got like four guys with like more like not many more than like four or five snaps in any given game. Right. So yeah, it's, it's like it's in, such in a some uncharted territory. But you're kind of relying on like you know for much as I've been down on Tim Lester in the past, like I don't think offensively is where he struggles calling plays and like putting on putting a good offense on the field if there's players there. And I think um, you know. In, if you look back to 2017 was sort of the last time they were in this situation uh, and things were, you know, pretty bad, but that was because all the quarterbacks basically died. Um, so, so if Jack Salpec stays healthy, if he's the guy and Lester thinks he's the guy, I'm pretty confident that he'll put up some, some pretty good numbers. If Salpec can play or if any quarterback can play on Western's roster, I just hope that Tim Lester lets the kid ball. 
like as much as possible because that's like the one thing about Tim Lester where like for me is just like an outside observer who just like wants to be entertained every once in a while and like tweet some shit out so people can laugh. I just want to see some entertaining football and he doesn't always let his quarterbacks totally off the leash just yet when he like gets uh, their first start. He did a lot of that with Wasink, yeah. Yeah, like Wasink, like it's a, it's a massaging process. I get it and I respect it, but I don't want to. Um, and so if Salopec can play, I just want to see how far he can throw the damn thing. Let him, let him go, Uncle Rico. I don't care. I agree. Let it let let it fly, man. They've got a pretty tough schedule this year, especially in the non-conference. So like, I hope they don't protect him like in the Michigan State and Pitt games or USC. Uh, yeah, yeah, Wasink. right. Yeah, yeah. They almost won that game though. It's, that was the worst thing that happened because he thought that that was working when really it was just Darius Phillips being a god. Mm-hmm. Quick question for Justin. And I know, you know, between losing Sky Moore and uh, kind of figuring out, reshuffling the deck with the wide receivers, how do you feel about Western's wide receivers? Because I have like a, a thought about that based on what you say. Uh, I mean, they've got, a, they still have a pretty good deep threat. I mean, it's not Sky Moore, but Corey Crooms is going to be open. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that he was just open because of Sky Moore, but like I, I, he's going to have some space. Um, and I'm excited to see him kind of be wide receiver one a little bit. Um, but Hey, maybe he isn't, you know, maybe we're just assuming he's wide receiver one. Cause he was the guy with all the yards left over and he's going to step into that role. He might still play the same role and it could be one of the younger guys stepping in. Uh, cause I mean, we didn't know Sky Moore was going to be Sky Moore until he was Sky Moore. <laughs> so that could happen again. Okay. Just a quick little toss in from my experience. Uh, Western recruited a kid from the Chicago suburbs called Deshaun Johnson. And they do a really good job of recruiting suburban Chicagoland. And a lot of the time it's skill position players. They tend to reel in from that area. And so I wouldn't be surprised, probably not this year, but dude was a three-star, one of the best receivers in Illinois last year. So given what I've seen in that offense, you know, he's not over, he's a, he's a, 5'10", 165 pounds. I think of the guys that Western turns into really good receivers, and I'm like, the athleticism and ball skills that guy has, I really wouldn't be surprised if he was like contributing in like a year or two. So remember that kid's name. Noted. All the sections are getting bigger. Hot or not. Hey, is this a hot take or is this not? Uh, Western Michigan's going to win the West. That's such a hot take, dude. It's not happening. Hot, 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 hot. Ow. Why not? You, you, you guys seem very against it. I mean, when you've seen what I've seen <laughs> as of late, there's no I'll – say, I'll say this. If they win the West division with this team um, – like I, just, I know I just had some optimism, right? But my optimism peaks at, like, our quarterback might be third or fourth team on Mac, right? That's about where it stops. They're going to – they're just not going to be as good enough offensively to make up for, you know, whatever they got going on. Their special team is probably still bad. Like, I just don't think that they can paper over a lot of the those, like, hidden yards. No, yeah. Corey, Corey Crims is going to have to have, like um, – like – three three archer years in one body yeah you would need i would say that you would need someone on that roster on the offensive side to be a hundred percent better than we're expecting them to be 
uh, could come from someone who we already know is good, who just goes, you know, super saiyan, or it's, you know, someone like Caleb mentioned, uh, a highly touted recruit has a good fall camp comes out and out of nowhere is really good. Right. I mean, like, like the Western had Jaden Reed had that really good year. You know, he was, he's a top rated recruit, but you know, you never expect him to be that ready right away. And no. he was, you know, a freshman all American. Right. So that they would need something like that um, to, to put them where they gotta be. And even then, like he doesn't play defense. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think the defense is going to be as good as everyone says it is, but that's just me. Yeah, you really, you really got to have a big letdown from your prospective favorites in the MAC West for Western to win the West. Like, it's got to be a big yeah. letdown for multiple yeah. teams. I agree. Hard agree. Oh. So, I was kind of looking at some games, and I was like, hey, is this going to be an upset? Uh, you tell me, hot or not? Bowling Green's going to beat Marshall at home in week three. Marshall, as we know, is the, uh, you know, the son of the Mac. Is, uh, not really. They weren't born out of the Mac. But you know what? We like to adopt them anyways, even though they want nothing to do with us. It's okay. Dad still loves you. We'll send you money later. And they are, you know, by a lot of accounts, very, very talented in the Sun Belt. Probably the Sun Belt's most talented uh, football team. Sorry, I was killing a spider on my desk. And, uh, you know, just like how Bowling Green's going to kill uh, Marshall, the Thundering Herd, at Dwight Perry in Week 3, apparently. Uh, is that hot or not? You know, they – I mean, they had, a good, they had a decent season last year. And I look back at who they played early in the season. They played good games against very quality non-conference opponents. You know, took a couple losses um, and then beat the teams they should have beat. Wait, is Minnesota good? Hold on, I'm looking this up. But – the other thing I'm unsure about, so the, the, my first reaction is to say, of course Marshall's not going to beat Bowling Green, because, or of course Marshall is going to beat Bowling Green uh, because they're just in such a better place as a program. Uh, but Marshall is in year two under their new coach, or their relatively new coach. It's still, I mean, to this day, I'm still, my mind is boggled. They got rid of Doc Holliday because some people were pissy, uh, and specifically the governor of West Virginia. Uh, but so Huff is in his second year. They had a winning record in his first year. He coached under Saban. And like I don't expect Marshall to fall off. So at the expense, at the at the possibility of like overthinking it, like no, like Marshall's going to beat BG. They're going to be in a better situation easily. I think that's a pretty pretty hot take. But Marshall uh, plays at Notre Dame the week before, uh, so they might expend a lot of emotional energy on that one. Uh, if they do end up, you know, have, fielding a pretty good team, that might be BG's best shot there that Marshall's like actually better than advertised goes all in on that game against Notre Dame. And then just like, it's pretty big whiplash going to Dwight Perry a week later. This is going to be a weird game because uh, it's homecoming for Bowling Green. I don't know if that's the best decision for him, honestly, but you know what? So be it. Um, it's five o'clock kick. Which is really <laughs> Wait, is it, is it, it's week three? Yeah. Homecoming's in week three. The yeah. students just got there. Hold on, dude. I have something. I have, I have another, um, homecoming thing to tell you later so uh week three right week three um actually you know what i might as well just say this uh they're home week two (laughs) which kind of bleeds into what i was kind of alluding to earlier because i was looking at uh what is it bowling or no ball state schedule and they're they have a home game october 15th did you know this they play uconn 
They play UConn this year at home, October 15th. Anyways, and then the week later, they have homecoming <laughs> against Eastern Michigan. So that's so we have two <laughs> two MAC oh, programs that um you know homecomings whatever it's a home game. We used to be a proper country. We we did used to. Um, we also used to not have these college games be played on NFL Network, but that's also how you're going to have to watch Bowling Green versus Marshall uh, and five o'clock at five o'clock on a Saturday. Stupidest kickoff time. Like, there's no pace to my Saturday if I'm if I'm following that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just will not trust Bowling Green. I, I don't think that. Ooh, sorry, had to belch a little bit. Um, I don't. They, they beat Minnesota, okay, but I don't know. They they've kept they've kept games closer than I expected them to last year. Uh, still some blowouts thrown in, but I don't know. I think that's the biggest way that they can beat Marshall is if they keep things close and Marshall beats itself uh, and just emotionally is just not there. Like, you know, Justin said, maybe they're just kind of exhausted uh, from the week before too. So I don't know. Maybe all that kind of piles up. All right. Last spin. This is going to be fun. All right, hot or not, Eastern Michigan's going to win the Michigan Mac Trophy outright. Uh, I mean, that's the only way they can win it is by going outright. But I missed that second Michigan there. I thought it just said Eastern Michigan will win the Mac outright. And I was really excited. It's going to turn it over to you for five minutes. Oh, no. Let's no, hear it. No. I, I don't have anything for five minutes there. I thought uh, right at the same. All right, is Eastern going to beat Central? Is Eastern going to beat Western both? Why not? I don't think this is a lukewarm take. I think just because I think all those games will be close. Yeah, I think so too. The central game is just going to be tough, man. Like, I don't know what it is, but the central game is just, the play is just usually just off by a little bit. Like you ever just like take a spoonful of food and you're like, did we forget salt at some point? Cause that's what it kind of feels like when I watch Eastern play central sometimes. And I kind of get scared of that usually being the result too. If they all split, does the trophy stay with who has it most recently? Yep. See, it's a hot take because Central is going to win the Mac West, right? So if the premise is Eastern is going to win it, then it is a hot take. Ain't going to happen. I think EMU could, could win. They could go 2-0 against those teams and Central could still win the Mac West. I think it could happen. It could, but it's not. Yeah, because because then, then what 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 was the final standing? Central, Eastern, NIU. Central seven and one. They just lose to Eastern. Oh, okay, and Eastern six and two. Got it. And NIU is also right. six and two. Yeah, I guess that works. Yeah, but who's okay? Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. All right, boys. Any last thoughts on this before we close up? We have one more minute for our hard out. Uh, Caleb. Uh, we should do this again, but like after non-conference play is over, because it'll be even better to go back and look at how bad our takes were after the max season's completed. Yeah, I like that. I agree. I'm gonna try to 
in the meantime, I'm going to try to reverse jinx Western Michigan into oblivion. We need all the cosmic help we can get. And boom goes the dynamite.